Hello and welcome to the NZ Ahead podcast, where each week we bring you stories and news of people who are moving to or living in New Zealand. And this week we've got a cracker of a show for you. I'm going to be talking to Tanya. Tanya is from the UK. She is part of our NZ Ahead private community. She joined about 18 months ago and she has been such a fabulous member to watch come through, through the UK and into New Zealand on this big epic adventure. You're going to find out all about why that was, what happened with her story in just a minute. But what I love about Tanya is that she's got five kids, one that she didn't bring to New Zealand because he's over 18, but she brought these four kids to New Zealand. And you'll just hear about her efforts that she goes to to make those kids settle because two of them are teenagers. So just the things that she talks about, it really makes you realize that if you are willing to give something a go, you can make anything work. That's what I get from Tanya and I hope you get the same thing too. We've got a lot of people in our community that have got older kids that worry, you know, it's easier when they're four or five or six, seven, whatever. It's just, it's easier to get them to lots of play groups and after school clubs and things like that. But when they get older, it's a, it's a little bit more tricky. But Tanya, as you're going to hear, knows all about that. And she knew just what to do to tattle that hurdle. She's so inspiring. She's so lovely. Like I say, part of our private community. If you haven't signed up for our free five-day video guide, after that video guide, you can join in our community if you're moving to New Zealand and talk with people like Tanya and everyone else that's in that community of like-minded people, adventurers who are determined to make their dream of moving to New Zealand come true then you can sign up for our free five-day video guide by going to www.nzahead.com forward slash free. Take those five-day video guides and by day five, you'll be given details of how you can become an NZ Ahead community member and join us in this fabulous journey. But for now, sit back and enjoy this lovely interview with Tanya. Cut it, cut it, cut it. the NZ Ahead podcast. Everything you need to know about moving to and living in New Zealand. There's a whole world here. So nice to be with you again. We call Aotearoa around here, bro. Uh-huh. You'll be right. We are your hosts, Liz and Brian. Amazing New Zealand in the southern seas. See, that's where I belong. That's home. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. Even though you're not feeling well, you still said that you'll come and chat with me on the podcast. So I am super happy and grateful to have you here with me to share your story. That's okay. I'm happy to be here. I always love talking to, I mean, it's because I'm a Brit. I love talking to anyone <laughs> from, from Britain. It's just, I don't know, this, for a start, it's the accent. I always feel like, oh, I get all settled in and I'm like, oh, I'm going to listen to this story now. To be honest, we have the majority of people that come over are a lot of from the US. So when we get people from the UK or Europe, South Africa, Canada, whatever, it's always really nice to talk to them. And you in particular have been with our community for a couple of years now. And I've been dying to talk to you for a number of reasons. One, because I like you and I want to know your story. But two, because you came to New Zealand with a handful of kids and there's so many more stories that go into that that we're going to dive into um, later on in the podcast. But first of all, can you just tell me who you are and a little bit about your family and wh where you came from in the UK? Let's start off with that. Yeah, so I'm Tanya. I came from Devon in the UK, but before that we lived on the Isle of Wight, brought four kids over, 
two teenagers, two little ones. I've also got one back in the UK because he didn't want to come over because he's an adult and I see him as a four-year-old child still. <laughs> but yeah, that's right. I'm a teacher, but I teach tertiary education here and my husband's a staff nurse. Right. Okay. So your son is back in the UK, you said? Yes. Yeah. Because he was 18. Right. Okay. He was 18. First of all, tell me why you wanted to move to New Zealand. I think we just had enough of the whole COVID and Brexit. Me and my husband weren't really seeing each other. It was ships in the nights for childcare. And we just thought we've had enough of the politics. So what should we do next? And on a whim one night, we just went, oh, let's move to New Zealand. And it was kind of meant as a bit of a lighthearted joke, but then it got more serious and serious. And we just thought, oh, yeah, too late now, isn't it? We might as well just do it. <laughs> but So did you ever been to New Zealand before? No, we just thought, oh, we'll pack our bags. We can always move back if needs be. Do you know what? I love that. I love that attitude because that is such a good attitude to have, isn't it? You know, like if it doesn't work out, we'll just come home. Yeah. And that's pretty much what it was because we did contemplate coming for a holiday but with four kids in tow, that was a very expensive holiday. Mm. So, and that could have been good money we could have put towards the move. So we just thought, oh, give it a go. We haven't really got much to lose apart from selling a house and everything. Oh yeah, apart from just moving to the other side of the world. I mean, yeah, let's just, you know, what have we got yes. to lose? <laughs> Something to do on a rainy day. And this is what I love about you. You've always struck me as just being a person that just gives anything a go. And it's like, I don't know, you never seem flustered by anything. I just, I'm always, I admire your your calmness whenever you know you 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 talk about stuff. It you just never seem flustered. But four kids, I mean, I can't imagine because I we brought two over and that was hard enough. So how old were your kids when you decided to suddenly give New Zealand a go? So it took us about eighteen months to get everything sorted. So when we first started the process, they were eleven, twelve. So going back about two years, so I would say eight, nine, sixteen, fourteen, and eighteen at the time. And was your 18-year-old adamant that he was never going to come straight from the start? He just didn't want to come? Didn't want to come. We gave him the option and he's got his partner in the UK, got a job. So the more we was pushing him, he was being very reluctant. So we just thought, oh, we'll leave it and hopefully he might come over in the future. But I doubt it. He's nearly 20 now. So he's quite content. Yeah, they've got their own lives and... Just like you say, once they get a partner, that's it. They sort of like go in a different direction, don't they? Yeah. And what about Although you? Although parenting never stops. Oh, God, no. No, like you say, they're always a four-year-old, aren't they? Yeah. Still, can I, can you lend me 20 quid? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what about your 16-year-old? Because that's a that's a, a quite a delicate age, isn't it? To be, it's neither, you're not, you're not an adult yet and you're not a kid. And you're just, how, how did that, what did that look like? How did you navigate that? So we gave them all the option. So we sort of sat the oldest two down beforehand and said, look, this could be a possibility. Are you interested? Because we always said if they didn't want to come, we wouldn't go ahead with it. Because it was different leaving an adult, but we wouldn't have been able to leave two younger teens. So yeah, the only bit, that we really had difficulty navigating is she had finished school in the UK in July and we came over in the September. So she's gone back to school now. So that was a bit complicated for her, but no, she's really enjoying it. Settled in. Friends were hard, but that's where the ad comes in. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm going to talk about that in just a while because you did something flipping amazing. I think when you moved over to New Zealand, to find some friends with your kids. And I just want to talk about that. First of all, so you were a teacher in the UK in, in, in Devon. I'd only just qualified. So I was at uni and right. then qualified in the May. And then we moved over here in the September. 
Okay. And is that how you got over here on your teacher's, because of teacher shortage? No, we came over on Ed's nursing visa. Okay. You came over on Ed's nursing visa. And was he all up for it as well? Were you both just like, yep, we're both just super keen on this adventure or was it just one of you or you were both involved in it? Yeah, both involved. So really look, actually, originally we looked into Canada but they didn't recognise my degree. They wanted me to do another four years. So it was like, oh, we'll just go to New Zealand. So yeah, all up for it. And we hate UK politics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we won't go into that, but yeah, it was... No. <laughs> we might be here for a while. <laughs> Plus, I don't know anything about politics, so it'd be a bit of a boring conversation for you. But so, okay, so I'm just trying to get my head around the fact that you here you are in North Devon and you decide to come to New Zealand and you say to your four kids, okay, we're going to move over. So what happened then? How did you go about getting a job and where did you live and how did, how did all that look? The first thing was Ed got registered with the New Zealand Council. I hadn't qualified at this point, so I couldn't register. We waited about a year for Ed's New Zealand Nursing Council to come through because it's horrendous amount of paperwork then after that we applied for the visa we asked the kids at sort of every stage whether they still wanted to come before we put more money into it and then I messaged Charlotte and said look we've sold our house you know how long is the visa process going to be timeline was about four to six weeks so we was really stressed by this point we were living with friends so we said oh let's just book a holiday to Spain this was on the Wednesday we booked went to Spain on the Friday and our visa came through for New Zealand at one minute past three when we got for the airport (laughs) so our relaxing holiday to Europe was flights and everything else Covid passports yeah yeah. and everything like that yeah God, what's it? It's always the way, isn't it? You wait and wait and wait and nothing happens. So you think, okay, I'm just going to go on a holiday and decompress and, you know, just relax. And then like you say, it's almost like, I don't know, you draw it to you, doesn't it? It's just like, ta-da, here it is. It's like, you know, something for you to worry about. So you just, you just went yeah. on a holiday and spent all that time just making your plans to come to New Zealand. Yeah. So it wasn't relaxing at all, but no. we enjoyed it. No. So we did five flights in 32 hours just about and I know I keep talking about this but this is because something I'm so fascinated with because when you bring kids to the other side of the world and you take them out of their life and you know their friends and the school and whatever I think when they're younger it's it's so much easier because you can like bribe them and just say oh yeah New Zealand's got really good ice cream (laughs) you know New Zealand's got great (laughs) swimming pools that you're going to go and play in and stuff like that and it interests me that you say along the way we kept asking the older ones are you up for it are you up for it what would you have done if like, say if you've like, you know, you've applied for the for the visa and you've got all the visa and you're selling your house and stuff like that. What would you have done, honestly, if they deter if what if right at the last minute, one of them had turned around and said, I don't want to go? In hindsight, I think we probably would have persuaded them to come, try yeah. it for a bit of time and then go from there. I think by that time, we'd put too much money into it for not to try it. But luckily, they didn't. So I think it just would have been a case of get an idea for it. Yeah. And then we could always go back. And give it They've go. always had a really positive attitude like me. So they knew we would have gone back if we had to. Yeah. Oh, that's great. All right, then. So now you've got all your, your visas and NZ chores, weren't you? You used NZ chores for that. So you've got your visa yeah. and Ed got a job. Yep. So Ed got a job before we put the visas in. We was working with another company. We originally wanted Dunedin, but there wasn't anything there for Ed's pathway. So we focused on Timaru, really, because we knew we wanted the South Island. Right. And so he was just trying to get more slackers. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
just more outgoing we wanted the mountains we we don't mind the cold weather although we are warmer than Dunedin so (laughs) (laughs) for anyone who's listening to this and they're thinking what does she mean the slackers so in our community group we've got lots of different channels and we've got a channel for Dunedin and um all all the south you know the south Christchurch and the south island and Timaru and and then you've got the Auckland and New Plymouth and you know all the, all the, the Hamilton and they've, there's this like little friendly rivalry going on so that when people join the group there's like the South Island versus North Island like come and live here it's much better so that's what we're talking about so you get a so Ed gets a job in Timaru um yeah what what I've never been to Timaru so describe Timaru to me Compared to somewhere in the UK, it's probably where we came from, like North Devon. It's classed as a city, but it's not really a city. It's smaller than sort of Dunedin and Christchurch. It's big enough to have all the shops, apart from a Kmart, which we're working on. It's got a lovely beach area full of miles of beaches where you get your sea lions and your seals. And we have a carnival every year, funfair from Boxing Day through to January. Just really enjoyable. And we have brews on the bay every year as well which is where like 40 different beer stalls and gin stalls come together with live music. Oh, now you're talking. How did I not know yeah. that? It only started up last year. Oh, did it? Yeah, we went four days after we arrived, still jet lagged, got terribly drunk. If you dream of moving to New Zealand, then you are going to love what I'm about to share with you. 12 years ago, when me and Bri emigrated to New Zealand, we were scouring the internet trying to find any information that we could about what our life would be like when we got here. And basically all we had was YouTube. So we made this vow. We said, when we get to New Zealand, we're going to create something that we can share with others that answers those questions that you're so desperate to know about. Like, what is your life going to be like when you get here? And that's what I'm here to offer you today. We have created a five-day free, absolutely free video guide that shows you what it's really like to live in New Zealand. This stuff is unique and it is fabulous. You are not going to find it anywhere else on the internet. And like I say, it's absolutely free. You'll be sent a video every day for five days and you will know what it's like in New Zealand. So head over to the website. It's www.nzahead/free. One more time, that's www.nzahead/free. You are going to love it. It only started up last year. Oh, did it? Yeah, we went four days after we arrived, still jet lagged, got terribly drunk, fell flat on my face in the middle of the park. (laughs) You went four days after you arrived, you went down to the beer festival. That's that's brilliant. That's just getting in it like a local, isn't it? Yeah. Give the kids $20 each to babysit. Problem solved. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what, Tanya? I have noticed about you. I think deep down, you were always a Kiwi. I think some people just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they come to New Zealand and they just like, they take to it like a duck to water. And you're a classic example of that. And before I jump in and talk about the classic Kiwi thing that you did for your kids, I just wanted to stay on Timaru a little bit. So when you arrived in New Zealand, because coming from the UK, you know, you've, 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 you've North Devon, was in North Devon, you said you were in? Yeah. 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 Bidford. So yeah, I know that area. It's it's pretty and it's small and it's it feels like quite towny, doesn't it? You know, and it's it's but 
when you came to New Zealand, was it anything like you expected or did you, was it bigger, better, you know, what smaller, different, what, tell me your initial thoughts, having never been to New Zealand before in your life, here you are with four kids and Ed, and you get off the plane and you, in, apart from the fact that, you know, you're going to the beer festival to get sloshed in four days, but pretend that you didn't know that. <laughs> what are your thoughts of New Zealand when you get off the plane? So the first thing we did was went to pack and save because we stopped in like a little, um, yeah, <laughs> we stopped in what now is we know as a top 10 holiday park to get over some jet lag for a couple of days. Went into pack and save, mullets and barefoot. Didn't even know what that was all about. Um, looking at all these prices, we was like, it's $22 expensive for grapes. Knowing what we know now, yes. Yes. But yeah, we spent like $300 in pack and save wondering we didn't know how we were going to survive because we'd kind of worked it with our wages and Ed was a bit like Brian or going, Oh, well, this is only this amount in English money. And I was like, just quit it. <laughs> we're not bloody in the UK now. Um, yeah, it was a bit, some expectations I got, like we felt relaxed and you could see people are quite chill and mellow, but then other things like the barefoot and the mullets and just, random kids walking around like little kids yeah that was a bit abnormal and when we went to view the kids school I'm very much used to schools being enclosed within fences and when I said oh can we come and view your school they was like yeah yeah just rock up whatever time and I was like oh okay <laughs> should I bring the beer <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um no it was yeah I expected some things but some of the things was a bit of a culture shock Right. Okay. So it sounds to me like it's pretty laid back down there, down in the South. You're all having a good time down there. It sounds pretty laid back. Yeah, I like it. It's, um, I'm quite glad in hindsight that we didn't go to Dunedin because we quite like nipping up to Christchurch. That's only two hours away. Dunedin's two hours away. Our ski field's 45 minutes away. Brilliant. I'm going to come so, down. I didn't know about this. I mean, I've, I've seen all your beautiful pictures that you put on the, on the channel and everything. And they look stunning. I honestly didn't know, I didn't know anything about the place. So it's great talking to you about that. So what, so, okay. So you get the, you get there and you know, you've, you go in and pack and save. Did you have somewhere to live? Were you in an Airbnb or did you have a rental sorted? What did that look like? Uh, we'd got a rental already sorted. I joined a couple of Facebook pages for private rentals. Um, put again another photograph on there put a description of us and somebody said hey I've got a house that you might be interested in sent us a couple of pictures and then when we arrived we signed a contract and off you go right so that easy what was the Facebook uh, group called it was just called Timaru private rentals right okay. so you can get them locally anywhere I assume Yes. Yeah. Because someone talked about this before when we did a live Zoom about renting properties and they said a local Facebook, so like New Plymouth Rentals or like you say, Wellington Rentals. Yeah, it's a great idea that. And you did all that from the UK. You just you just sorted all that out from the UK. Yeah, it was quite easy. And Is we it? didn't want to go through agencies because obviously it meant coming to visit people, coming to visit the houses. And we just with four kids in tow, we needed to be kind of prepared before we got here. Yes. And, and so, what, what, what size house is it? What, what, and how long are you allowed to stay there for? Uh, so we, we're on a year's contract at the minute okay. and then it's a five bed, two bathrooms, two living areas. So massive house. Wow. And we pay six fifty. Wow. That's great. 
That's fantastic. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. It's detached. Oh. It's up on a hill. So we've got beautiful views of the golf course and we can see the sea. Wow. That so is really nice. nice area. Yeah, that's brilliant. Oh, well, I'm happy. And so, okay. So now you've, you've come over to Timaru. You've got this, this lovely house. You're all sorted in your rental. Uh, Ed already had his job to go to, I'm assuming. How yeah. did, how so did he you... started the week after. Okay. He started the week after. And we could talk about Ed, but I want to talk about you. But so how did you find your job? Because I know you're working as a teacher now. How did that happen? So about three weeks after we arrived, my work visa came through. Um, and then during the registration, I just did a bit of relief teaching as an unqualified teacher, waiting for everything to come through. And then in the January, I started a permanent job. So I do alt-ed, um, tertiary education. So I teach 15, 16 year olds that have come from traumatic backgrounds and get them through their NCEAs level one for numeracy and literacy. Mm, so it's going really well. Never taught teenagers before, but they're pretty cool. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. So is this taught in a school or is it done um, Takura or how, how does that work? It's with the YMCA. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I teach um, with the YMCA and I've just taken a bit of a um, promotion. So I'm now their dyslexia lead. Oh, well done. Congrats. That's fantastic. Yeah. So you just you so do you actually teach at the YMCA or do you do is it all yeah. online? So it's, it's okay. I didn't know. Yep, this. So I go on. Yep. So I teach at the YMCA. They've got them all over. So yes. some of them had their education facilities. Some of them don't. Right. And so um, you you turn up at the YMCA and then teenagers come to the YMCA and uh, sit in a classroom with you and you get them through their their uh, maths and literacy. Is that right? Yeah, they're NCAs, yep. Yeah. Oh, Tanya, thank you. That's so wonderful. That's all right. That. That's, 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 that's admirable. That's wonderful. You must get a lot of, um, of job satisfaction out of that. And I, But I also imagine it, it would be quite a challenging job as well. It is challenging. We're, uh, we have to see a counsellor once a month as part of our job role because obviously they disclose a lot of information. Um, but it's it's okay. They're... I mean, when I first started, they said, oh, seven, eight kids maximum, because obviously the environment, my first, because they're only on their course for 20 weeks, because you're only doing the foundational skills. Um, and I had started off with 23 kids. So a bit more than seven. Oh, wow. <laughs> 23. I bet that was, wow. I bet that was challenging. Yeah, it was. But now I've got into the role and I've settled and I know kind of what the expectations are because I was very much expecting it to be like a mainstream school, but it, it's not. You can't teach them in the same way as what you would in a mainstream setting. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Lots of different different ways. And um, I, I would imagine you become very close to them. Is that right? Do you get to, do you get very close personally, you know, just like involved and it would be hard not to, wouldn't it? Yeah, you you do, but you've got to sort of find that balance between a work and life. I kind of shrug it off my shoulders come four o'clock because okay. I've also got my own kids. So I'm very good at going, done, dusted, yes. time to go home and be mum. Yes, yeah. Talking of your own kids, now this is what I could not believe when you put this on the, on the Slack channel. I just could not believe that you did this. So tell us what you did when you came to New Zealand with your four kids to help find your kids some friends. 
So again, on another local page, I put on there a post saying, hey, from the UK, brought four kids over. Anybody want to be friends with us, basically? And it was nearly my daughter's 17th birthday. And I was like, she wants to go out and meet people because their student visas wasn't through. Our work visas wasn't through. So I needed to do something to keep me sane. And I think I ended up with like 300 comments back, including one from a journalist. And he was like, hey, I'm so interested in your story. Can you um, get back to me? And it all escalated from there. It was supposed to be, the interview was supposed to be the day before Bruise on the Bay, but there was a car accident. So the interview was the days after Bruise on the Bay with a hangover. Right. So, oh my God. I just love that story. I love it. I can't believe that you did that. That is, it, that's genius, but it's also really brave. You know, I just think it's very, it's very out there. I would never think to do that. And I would just, yeah, something in me would be like, oh no, don't do that. But so how fantastic is that? So you got all these comments back. So were there comments like saying, oh yeah, we'll be your friend. Like we'll be your kids' friends. Or what were the comments? So we had a couple of teenagers to say, hey, I run this sort of club in Timaru. Would your kids be interested in coming along? More aimed at the teenagers. So Kira got into a group called Raise Up. That's run also through the YMCA, ironically, before I started. Um, a couple of football groups, swimming groups. So you just go along. Hey, I'm Tanya. These are the kids. And you just make connections from there. And it's really nice because I'm still friends with some of them now. And we've been here nearly a year. Is, that is, it, it reminds me of something that you would do in the olden days. Like, you know, like, I don't know, like you used to turn up, didn't you? Like, well, like when you, like when, when growing up in the seventies and your mum would take you along to like, I don't know, Sunday school or whatever, or she'd just take you along to the playgroup and go, this is Lizzie. Does anyone want to play with her? And like, you just thought that was like completely <laughs> normal. Like, you know, but now we've become so, we've become so insular and so like every, although we're supposed to be like now we've got social media everyone's supposed to be like got all these amazing friends loads of friends but i think there's it this is a time when loneliness is quite prevalent isn't it it's just so i think that, that what you did is just yeah i there's no i just think it's fantastic and i'm so happy that that journalist picked up on that and he must have just or she must have thought the same as me it was like wow like you know this woman has done this with and, and that you kids let you do it like agreed to it as well because i think if i said to my kids i'm going to put a post on facebook and ask for some friends they'd be like oh no please don't don't do that so i think it's great that your kids sound really really open and up just for life they just sound they just sound like real great kids to be honest yeah they are they're they're really open anyway and it was really social in the uk and the fact we'd pulled them twelve thousand miles away from their friends i felt a little bit of responsibility that you know i'd cause this so i'm gonna fix it yeah and i managed to you know i wasn't quite expecting it to be as big as what it was i was just expecting a hey but no it was great yeah Work, worked out all right <laughs> yeah definitely because i tell you what if i saw something like that on facebook and some saying, you know, it's like, because we homeschooled. So we always, you know, I was always constantly aware that the kids needed friends, even though they had great friends in the homeschooling group. You're always worried that they're not going to be like kids who go to school and have loads of friends. So it is always on your mind. And I just think that is a brilliant, a, a great example of just stepping out of the box and thinking, do you know what? If you want to make friends, this is how you do it. It's just, this is, this is what you have to do. And I just yeah, love, that's it. It. I love your, your attitude. It's just fantastic. 
So tell me about your kids now. Are they all settled and happy and at school or what what are they doing? Uh, yeah, so they're all settled. So Kira, who's um, 18 next month, um, she's currently doing her NCEA level two. So she's in year 12, should be year 13, but she wants to go to uni. So she's put herself back a year. Um, so she's got a part-time job. She works um, across the road at a bar um, and a restaurant. Tyler's 16. He's in year 11. Again, should be in year 12, but he's put himself back a year to get his NCAs because the GCSEs don't transfer over. Right. Um, he's got a part-time job at Macca's. Um, he's quite content because I've always done a thing with my kids. If they stay in education, they don't pay board. Right. So that's like a little bribe for them. He wants to join the New Zealand Armed um, Forces when he's 17. Devon is in year seven. He's really settled in because in the UK, he was found it quite hard to make friends. But here, I think because I find the curriculum's not so hard to keep up with, they're able to have that social side of it and that holistic side of it. And then Jasmine's 11. She's in year six and she's severely dyslexic and in the UK the gap was getting bigger and bigger where here she's allowed to learn things through art um her writings come on loads because she's joined the local netball team so they've all settled in beautifully I don't think I could have asked for anything to think that a year ago we was like oh my god we're living between sofas and we didn't have visas we'd sold our house to now we're like oh what was the panic about yeah yeah Look how different, because how long have you been here now? Is it just a year? It's longer than a year. Yeah, we've, no, we've, um, September the 18th will be a year. Right. Wow. That's, see, see, that's what I mean. You just, when I see you and hear you and I see you on the chat and, you know, you just seem to have done, you just seem to have just got right in there. You don't seem to have had any, lots of people when they move to New Zealand, they have that settling in period where, and sometimes it can take a year. It did for me. It took me nearly two years, to be honest, you know, to have that feeling of like, oh, I'm really starting to feel at home here. But you just, am I right in thinking that you you and your family have just got right in and you've just settled in? Is that fair to say that? Yeah, I think really we lost, um, we lost a lot of things in the UK. So while we was going through the process, I lost both of my parents within six weeks before we came. So I think that that kind of helped in a way because we didn't have to worry about them. I think if they'd still been alive, I would have been constantly thinking, oh, my God, I've got to go and help them. I can't really leave. So yeah. this was a brand new, fresh start from every angle. Right. So yeah. I think that probably kind of helped yeah. in a way positively. Yes, yes. And, and I mean, obviously you don't have to talk about this if you don't want to, but is it, how is it we're having your son over in the UK? I mean, do, do you, what, how do you keep in touch or do you keep in touch or is it, you know, how, how is that for you? Um, it can be hard. We do keep in touch via FaceTime, but um, I don't think this would have been the right environment for, for him. He's nearly 20. He's into the pub scene. He likes to go out on a Friday night and in Timaru, the pub's, probably close at 10 half yeah. 10 right so I think he might have struggled he would have been okay in Auckland or Christchurch but in still I think it would have been a bit bit of a no-no right but hopefully he'll come over at some point he's trying to save up and we said we'd match him but he's also nearly 20 and enjoys going down the pub yeah yeah so we'll see how them savings goes it might be a Christmas present 
And you know what? You never know what's going to happen, do you, Tanya? Because he could come over in a couple of years or whatever. He could meet a Kiwi, someone Kiwi, and he stays here, or he might just come over and just fall in love with the place and just think, I just want to stay. You just never know what's going to happen, do you? I know we had a we had we had another uh, family that was thinking of coming over from Ireland, and 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 her daughter was similar. Like you know, she didn't want to come, and she just couldn't leave her. Like you know, she just said, I just can't do it. Um, but it's great to see that you have, and you're both okay. And I honestly, you know, I would be very, very surprised if it doesn't come over and just fall in love with it and just think, oh yeah, okay, give it a go. Like, you know. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, we did contemplate not coming over because we'd left him, but he's also an adult. And I think I have to remember that, that he's allowed to make decisions. And he didn't live with me in the UK anyway. He'd moved out at 17. He'd got his own place before we'd even contemplated coming to New Zealand. Right. So, that's different. That was probably, yeah. Yeah. I tried to baby them, but apparently you have to cut those apron strings at some point in their lives. <laughs> I still haven't cut mine, Tanya. There's, there's no way they're ever getting cut, those apron strings. <laughs> no, <laughs> they still I cost you money, though. <laughs> oh, I know. I know what you mean. I know. And and like you say, as as much as you'd, and it's their life at the end of the day, isn't it? You You make decisions based on what they want to do, and then they go and change their mind, and you're sitting there thinking, hang on a minute. I thought you said, you know, you wanted that. You probably would have stayed. If you'd have stayed, you'd have been like, okay, we'll stay for you. And then he would have buggered off to New Zealand and you'd have been thinking, I could have done that. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, I have no doubt. He wants to go to America anyway. So there's going to be a time when he'll say, I'm off. Yeah. So is there anything at all, apart from your son, obviously, because that's, that's obviously a big tie to the UK, but is there anything that you think, Oh, I really miss that. I just, you know, I just, that, I don't like that. I just, I, I miss that from back in the UK. Is there anything that, any regrets or anything like that? No regrets, but I do miss B&M. B&M. <laughs> and LD. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the British banter. I feel like Kiwis are great, but sometimes I feel like I have to explain myself at work and be like, oh, no, it's not a sarcasm. It's just being British yeah yes yes I get you I hear that yeah but no no regrets apart from shopping in seasonally still haven't quite got the hang of that but we're getting there slowly yeah. like I went into pack and save the other day and I thought now you can sod your caps to come I'm not playing paying five dollars no definitely not no no well that's that that's the whole thing isn't it is shopping is it you know a really funny thing happened on the group the other day someone posted a picture of a caps again and they're like two for five dollars down in pack and said get down there now and i just thought it would be a really fun thing if we did like around the world take a picture of a capsicum around the world and we'll say how <laughs> they are around the world i'll be so fun wouldn't it let's give you an example of how it is well tanya i just i just think your story is is wonderful i just love the way because i've been with you right from the start and i remember you saying you know Oh, you what? What you went through so many things that happened. I remember there was. We won't go into them all now, but you went through such a lot, and yeah. uh, and and it always seemed like you were nearly there, and then you get put back again, and then you were nearly there, and then you get put back again. So to see, not only to see you here with your family and Ed, but to see you so happy and so immersed and so kiwi (laughs) you know it just it just makes me it just makes me really really happy for you and just warm inside that you've 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 just been flipping i I just love your attitude that's what it is that's what i love about you i just love that attitude of like yep give it a go if it doesn't work out then yeah yeah we'll give it a go it's just 
It's great. And that's the thing. When we were contemplating coming, we was like, oh, you know, maybe not this year because Kira's doing GCSEs or next year Tyler's doing it. And there was always going to be something to stop us from moving. And that's where it came from. Oh, we'll go. Don't like it. We'll come back. Give it a year. Well, I think we initially said give it two years just for the settling in period. And if we don't like it, we'll hop back on a plane. Yeah. And people think we're mad because it was like, oh, it's miles away. I was like, but it's a plane ride. Yes. It's so true, isn't it? Do you know what? I, yeah. This is a whole different topic, but I get that as well. People say, oh, I'm not coming to New Zealand. It's so far. And you think, hang on a minute, you sit watching telly in your armchair for 10 hours a day sometimes, or you might get up and make a cup of tea and then you sit back down. What's the difference? You're just going to get on a plane. Yeah. You're going to sit down. You're going to fly to the other side. I just think, oh, I, I know it's not the same because it's uncomfortable and all that on the ride. And But yeah, I agree. It's just a plane ride. It's just... Just if you don't like it, get back on the plane and go home. <laughs> that's it. And that's all you can do. And, you know, for what you get at the end of it to be in New Zealand, it sounds so cliche when you say actually, because I don't know whether um, in the UK there's this massive perception that New Zealand is the best place on earth. And it's probably generally 99% true. Mm. Yes, you get the bad things, but, you know, we've just had so much relaxation here. And I feel like you don't need to spend money either. Like the botanical gardens are free. You go for walks around your local parks. Like we haven't spent half as much money here as what we would in the UK. Right. And there's play parks absolutely everywhere for kids. Yeah. Swimming pools are brilliant, aren't they? Oh, great. $4. I know. I know. That was my biggest thing when I came here because we were used to paying, like going out to Bristol and paying £15 for half an hour swim. And then your little ticket had come up and you had to get out. And we came here and the kids were like, what, we can stay in all day? And we were like, yep. And it's only cost me, I think it was in $2.50 back then. It was just like, this is fantastic, you know? Yeah, at our local pool, they've got a different adult section for when you're 16. They've got a sauna and that lot. So I'm like, bye kids, I'm in here. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> That's a good idea. So before I let you go, what is the one thing that you love about New Zealand the most that you maybe that you weren't expecting that just took you by surprise? What What's the one thing? I think it's probably the feel of freedom. It sounds really odd, but here I don't feel like I'm working all the time. It's a full time job, but, you know, it's lighter nights, it's warmer. You can just get out and go pack up a picnic and it's just that freedom feeling if that makes any sense it makes a lot of sense yeah it's hard to describe unless you're here because people think you're mad when you're talking about it <laughs> no i know that's you're so right because people say that to me and i'm like yeah but it just feels and this so, well i don't get it because brian's working just as many hours and the kids are doing this and that what's the difference and i don't yeah i exactly i always think the same i'm like you've just got to be here there's just more space in my head there's more space around me it just feels open and free, uh, you know, and I, I think you're exactly right when you say that. It's, it's hard to describe, isn't it? Yeah. And I don't know whether it's because it's less population, less cars, less houses, but like you were saying, it's just, you look around and you're not built up anywhere you really go. Even in like the bigger cities, beaches within 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. But do you know what I think the biggest thing is, Tanya, with, with the reason why you've settled so happily? is your attitude. I really do. I think you've just come over here and you've just thought, let's get on with it. You know, let's get in it. And you can't come to New Zealand, like you say about comparing the prices. I know you were saying that that's what you tend to do when you first come, but 
some people hold on to that. And I did myself for a while, you know, for quite a while. I was like, oh, well, it's not like that in England. Like, you know, they don't do that. They don't say that in England. They don't. If you do that, you're going to be miserable. You really are. Because guess what? You're not in England. You're in, you know, you're in New Zealand. And I just think your attitude is a fantastic example of what you have to do when you come to New Zealand is just get in it. Just get on with the Kiwi way of life, you know, just. Yeah. I love it. And I if, absolutely. And if you want a compliment, go to New World because I got asked for ID buying beer the other day. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Nearly 40 women. <laughs> that was perfect. They probably just do it because they've got nothing else to do. They're just probably thinking, oh, let's just ask, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with it. Oh. I'm like, I've got kids old enough to drink. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Well, you don't look a day over 21, Tanya. I can tell oh, you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, thank it's you. lighting. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for just coming on and sharing your enthusiasm and your positivity. I absolutely love it. And just the whole story of just that thing with bringing the kids, like I say, because so many people want to come to New Zealand and they have got kids, you're, you know, around about your kids' ages because you've got a great range there. And I just think your story is just one of, uh, is just a great positive example of how you can just come and just change your life and just, just get on that plane and just make it happen. I just, I just think it's brilliant. Definitely. Kids are so much more resilient than we give them credit for. And that's the other thing with New Zealand. There's so many clubs around that your kids will settle in no time. Yeah. So it'll be you that's left behind. It's usually the adults that are playing taxi driver. Yeah. Yeah. And and just like you just doing the thing with the YMCA, your job and everything. And, and it's just, yeah, you just, that's why I, I suppose I thought you'd been here a lot longer because you do tend to just, I just look on you as like, oh yeah, you're just, you know, you're a Kiwi. So it's just, yeah. So I think it's fantastic. Not quite. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with me. And um, I've absolutely loved talking to you. And uh, yeah, just thank you for everything that you do, Tanya. That's all right. No worries. Okay. It's been nice speaking to you too. All, all right. right. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. We have loved having you here with us. If you love this week's show, please share this with your friends. Send it to anybody you know that wants to think about moving to New Zealand and get on over here yourself. And tell them how brilliant it is as well. And also, if you haven't signed up for our free five-day video guide showing you what life is like, really like, in New Zealand, then go over to the website and sign up. You are missing out. This is brilliant. Go over to www.nzahead slash free and we will send you five days worth of videos about what life is like in New Zealand. You are going to love it. So one more time, that website that you need to sign up for the free five-day guide is www.nzahead slash free. So we're going to see you next week. Until then, have a great week and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Say bye again. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha